0: Opener. Ryan and Wendy, you remember that trip? That was a great trip. My name is Chris Swanson, and uh, I don't know who's had a bad day today, but I'm going to do something a little different because I'm not on staff, and I don't go to this church, so I can do whatever I want to do. I'm giving out Snicker bars to people that just had a bad morning. If you had a bad morning, you just, i got to need some candy right here, right there. He pointed to you, ma'am. Can you believe that? We're going to pray for this couple. we got a marriage retreat coming up. I got another one. Who wants one? Come on. There we go. Right there. Watch your head. There we go. I got one more. And then I got, I got one. There you go. Uh, another pointer, man. You guys are... Look at that. This one is good. How about a Reese's? Anybody want a Reese's? Oh, look at that. There you go. No, no. My man back there. Watch my back. Thank you. I got one more Snickers. There you go. Thank you so much. Let me tell you what. There is not a church in a family like Freedom Center, because what you do and what you do for this community, I I see the other end of it. And uh, I'm here to to not just convince you. I'm here not just to to hardball you, but I'm here to just share a convicting message that is going to speak to me as well. And it starts with an emotion. It starts with a heart change, an attitude change. So for the people that received a candy bar. When you receive that candy bar, did it make you feel good? Yeah. That's right. A simple candy bar, a simple act of kindness, a random act of kindness, created an emotion inside of you. When you saw the video, you might have saw your pastor and Dina in the background. You saw my wife. We were at a, at a children's home where these kids are just tossed out into garbage piles and and these these, uh, orphanages take them in and they had so much joy. Every time I see that video, I think to myself, they're there right now. There's just different faces that are coming through. And when you think of kingdom builders, I want you to go back and think of how big the kingdom is. I'm going to answer just a few questions because I have just a few minutes that for, uh, for, the, for the time that we have, think of how big the kingdom is and what you can do. Amen. If there's one thing all of us could fail on today, that is for myself included to walk out these doors and do nothing. 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 We're going to answer some questions about what Kingdom Builders do and and why the importance of it. and, And when it happens, what happens. And, of course, Dina just advised us to how you can give. But I want to take you on a spiritual journey. Not only just a spiritual journey because we're at a church and you're supposed to quote Scripture. But literally for it to speak to you, to cause an emotional change of heart. And to either validate what you're already doing by being a huge giver. Or to challenge you. We're going to go over some myths. What keeps people from being a kingdom builder. Because, as mentioned, it's hard. There, there's an attack sometimes to justify all the things that we should not do. So our first scripture is going to be in Matthew. And uh, it actually is a question by a scribe, a lawyer, but not the lawyer that we think in today's world. These are Old Testament amazing scholars of the word and many of them just they just really memorized the first five books of the old testament called the pentateuch these are all written by moses and they were literally considered the first law and because they didn't have books or the internet they memorized this law and they would always throw back to people including jesus as to what this law meant and in this part of the story Jesus is confronted by a lawyer in Matthew 22, and he says, I'm going to ask you some questions. When the Pharisees heard how he had just bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault, and one of the religious scholars spoke to them, posing a question that they hoped would show him up. Teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? That's the question they asked him. Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your passion and your prayer, and intelligence. This is the most important, the first in any list. But there's a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophet hangs from them. You see, Jesus never, ever just gives a simple answer. In fact, many times when he's questioned, he responds in a parable or another question. You're going to see that in Luke here in a second. And what they try to do is they try to trip him up. Now, what he's quoting is Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. What he's saying is, what, is the, what does the Old Testament say? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And that's their final, quite okay, great. But he says there's another one. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you were right now A.J. Navadonsky and his wife and his two grown daughters who had a house in Fort Myers Beach... Four days ago, who now live in an apartment and in the intercoastal with four other people because his house and all three cars are gone. He's 67 years old. Like, what would, what would that neighbor want someone like you and I to do? I think of uh, the people that are suffering from different ailments and different challenges that I don't have. I have different ones, but I don't have those challenges. You know, sometimes we just really struggle. Like, so what is the neighbor? Well, Luke answers that. And and I realize that in in this church body, you were very schooled in the word, but not everybody is. So if you would indulge me for a quick second, let me tell you what Luke says in his chapter as to what a neighbor is. Because he actually records the exact same thing that Matthew does. Luke says that a scholar poses a question to Jesus and said, hey, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I I get this? He says, well, what does the word say? And the scholar responds back to the question that he asked. Jesus asked a question back. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Quoted Deuteronomy 4, 6. And then he said, but, I got a question. Who's my neighbor? You see, the neighbor that he speaks of in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he gave an example of the Good Samaritan. Now, you've probably heard of the Good Samaritan, but let me just quickly review it. The Good Samaritan was not the first who saw somebody in need or the second. He tells a story that a, a, a Jewish traveler was beat to near death, he was jacked, he was bleeding. From Jerusalem to Jericho, that was, a, that was a very violent path. And he's laying on the side of the road. And who's the first to pass? The one that you always say, "All oh, the church will take care of it. The priest. The religious leader passed on the other side. Because maybe they didn't want to get bloody. Maybe they didn't want to get dirty. Maybe they thought they would get jacked. Passed on the other side. He said then that didn't stop there. The Levites. Now, when you think of this church for the purpose of example, Pastor Jim would be the head of the church And the Levites are those that make the church go, the church business. They're one of the 12 tribes. They're the only tribe that the other 11 are supposed to take care of. They're the only ones that were separated and say, listen, you take care of the church business, the 11 will take care of you. Which is where the bus comes in. The Levite passes on the other side. Maybe the Levite didn't want to get robbed and They didn't want to get dirty and thought maybe, well, somebody else will go because I'm sure that other people will see. The third one was the Samaritan. Now, somebody from Samaria to help somebody from the Jewish culture was completely, completely unclean. Like it wasn't even supposed to happen. And he uses that story, and not only did the Samaritan go and help the injured, he actually took them. Gave money to the innkeeper and said, whatever this doesn't cover, I'm going to go do my business. I'll come back and I'll make it right. You see, when you think of what is a kingdom builder do, it's not just here in this building, but it's what you get to do and those watching for others in kingdoms all over. The Bible says, go into all nations. It even says, go to Jerusalem, Jericho. Go to Judea. These are all places that killed Jesus. They, 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 they abused him. They bullied him. He said, go into those places. So there's really no limit as to where the kingdom goes. And what happens is when we think about our neighbors and we start categorizing them, sometimes we think, well, that doesn't fit my category. I don't know those people. Well, the reason kingdom builders has no limitations is because you don't know where that need is. And we're going to go through some myths in a quick second, but I want you to realize that when you align yourself with the Good Samaritan and you don't worry about the background of who's on the ground bleeding and needing help, you don't care what decision they made to get there, you don't care if they're an addict or if they're homeless or if they just don't look like us or they don't worship like us, like that is the need right there. Do you know when you travel to a mission? How many people have actually been to a mission field outside the United States? Isn't it crazy? And I know if we had a whole day, we could tell mission trip stories, right? When you go to a mission field, you go there to serve. But what happens in return? You come back served. You come back thinking, man, I can't believe what they did for me. That, this is crazy. But in fact, what happens is the power of giving. You know, Jesus is his ministry Uh, In fact, if you go back and you read in the New Testament where he teaches us how to pray, it's called the Lord's Prayer. Right there in the same chapter, it talks about when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Those three, for the new believer, for the veteran believer, that is a continued request slash playbook. Now, we love the pray part because that's easy. We can do it anywhere, and it's important. The fasting, that's a little different. I don't know how that all works, and I'm a little suspect of that. The giving part of it, wait a second. Now, you don't realize how hard I work. You don't know what needs I have. You don't know what bills I've got. None of that is in the three commands that Jesus gave to his people. None of that. And when you look at the the kingdom builder mindset and how it rolls out and how it's described in the Bible, who is Chris to determine if I should or if I should not do it? Because it goes back down to obedience. It goes back to who are you really going to be standing up here? Now, I got a great job. I really do. I love what I do. And I get to see the the, the harvest of what this church does. I get to see it live. And people don't even know the connection that I have with not only this church, but also the churches. Do you know when March 16, 2020, literally overnight... The social services of this county shut down. Meals on Wheels, Food Bag, United Way. You had old people who would get drop-offs of cases of insure and young parents that needed diapers and, and they needed formula. Like overnight, gone. Either people didn't come to work or they were too sick to be at work, but they were gone. Because of my mission experience, because of going with... Friends in this church and being challenged since 2013 every year to go on a mission fields somewhere in the world it taught me something that was taught to me by a guy named rocky lewis rocky said you know he's from haiti you know when haitians are involved in a crisis when it's an earthquake or when it's a hurricane or when it's just total destruction we can't count on our government you know who we can count on the church He says the church always comes in fact if you've been to haiti back before covid and you went on a plane what did you see fill the planes horribly colored t-shirts from all the missions groups coming from all over to go to haiti (laughs) t-shirts you'll never wear after that week (laughs) so when i look at what happened in haiti and this happened in genesee county i thought this makes sense we deputized 45 leaders of the churches in this county To go deploy into the streets and serve people in 90 days this church and many others 45 others and more set up nine hubs and we gave a million pounds of solid food diapers and formula to people all over the county in 90 days because of that like i didn't know on march 13th this was going to happen I didn't realize that this would be such a huge need. Who would ever think that something so big would attack the entire west coast of Florida? I don't know this, but I do know one thing. From this stage, from this stage, I have been able to see and help build, with you as co-laborers, Convoy of Hope, Mission of Hope, Clara's Hope, Center of Hope. Are you kidding me? Who's more alive building the kingdom than this group right here? And when you get an opportunity to go and give back and build the kingdom even more, that's just not an opportunity for you to walk out and somebody see you and say, oh, did you see that? They, they dropped something in the bucket. They, oh, yeah, they did this, they did this. Oh, they got the means to do this. Now listen, this is a supernatural deposit. You know, Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. I really, really, really recommend you go back and you just uh, absorb and consume that. The last book of the Old Testament, Malachi 3, 10. Jesus, at the time, even though Jesus is is a theme throughout the Bible, it was about tithes and offerings. And the question was, how do you rob God? You rob Him through tithes and offerings. And this is the only time in the Bible that Scripture allows us to test the Lord. The only time. He said, test me on this. Give your tithes and offerings with a cheerful heart and see if the window of heaven doesn't open and pours out blessing that you cannot contain. Sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up. That's the best investment because the stock market sure ain't doing it for the last six months. How many people just added 15 more years of work on the end of your life? You know who you are. You can't guarantee on something like that, but you can guarantee... As to what the Lord says, when you give, you give because testing me, I am faithful and I am true. So not only do you see the people of the community benefit, not only do you see the people around benefit, but you see individuals benefit. When when Dina talks about Christmas and Thanksgiving, and you know, obviously there's a lot of great charities out there, but there's something unique about when the church comes and deploys into the streets. When you have somebody that has a business that's struggling that wants to serve and the church says, hey, we're going to help you. I joke about this, but I'm dead serious. If there's a neighborhood that wants to succeed, you only need two things, a party store and a church. (laughs) Really? (laughs) What more do you need? But if you don't have one of the two, you're dying on the vine. And a church that's alive that gives back to the community, that's a church that's going to help people that are desperate for help. But I've said this before as a, as a police officer and things that can get very, very unsettled is at the time of the battle, that's not the time to ask, have you prepared yourself? At the time that you're engaged in a fatal confrontation, that's not the time to ask, have you been training for this moment? I said many times, prepare in peace to perform in chaos. Right now, we have a peaceful opportunity to give to the kingdom builders aside from the church business i mean that's gonna have that's, that's your tithe i could go on a whole tangent about the tithe you know is it 10 percent? it's not let me just help you with this never in the bible from the first to the last book all 66 does it ever say less than 10 percent. you can do what you want i'm going to tell you i'm not up here just talking because i i heard it and i can't let the left hand know what the right hand doing but i'm here because i i my wife and I established long ago that we're going to honor God through tithes of our gross, and we're going to give offerings and almsgivings. Like, this is something, and I asked, you know, myself, is, where's my heart when we do this? Because there's a lot of times it's, it's, it's difficult. That's why there's 3,500 verses about giving and 500 on prayer. 3,500, because even, even the scriptures recognize that it's tough for us. I need somebody to hold up that Reese's peanut butter cup. Hold it up. Where is it? You already chowed it down? All right. Is it open or did you just smash it? Huh? Okay, go give it to someone else. See? No, keep it. I just want to see. Give it back to her. Do you know this is like there's a change of heart when you receive something, then someone says you got to give it to somebody? And that's the trick. That's the little trap door that we have to watch. We know how big Kingdom Builders are. We know what it goes to. We know it goes to people that really, really need it. But I'm going to tell you, when we are the recipient, you know what that feels like. Remember that feeling of receiving because that can fuel the feeling of giving. Everybody in this room, everybody, myself included, have been given something when we didn't expect it and we certainly didn't deserve it. A random act of kindness where you just need it at the right time. I remember what this church did for a young mother named Amber just last Christmas, like literally right there in that subdivision. I mean, these are the people that are, 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 are counting on you. I mean, this isn't an inventory of all the things that you've done, and, and I just did this, and this is about people's needs right now that we don't even know exist. And if a church is the one organization, the one group of people that can go serve a need with no strings attached. What does that say about the people? I was talking to a great buddy of mine. His name is Jeff Randall. I don't know if he's ever gonna watch this message, but I talk to him every week. And he mentioned something about being a Christian. He goes, just don't, remember, don't forget this. Most people, and this includes everybody from Freedom Center, and probably more so because you're so out there. Not in a bad way. Well, some of you. Chuck Russell. When you are out there and people know you're from the Freedom Center and they know you're a Christian, they already know what you stand for. You know what they want? They want to know how you, as a Christian from Freedom Center, is gonna treat them. That's really what they want to see. I mean, there's a lot of people that that know before you even say a word what you stand for. We we call that command presence. You can just read someone's body language. I already know what they probably believe, I already know, but I want to know how they're gonna treat me. And and I'm in a profession where I know exactly how one action of one person can create a cascade effect on all of us. And it's usually not all the good stuff. It's one bad act. But I'm going to tell you this. You have an opportunity today to do one amazing act of kindness and greatness. But not for just the recipients, but for the Lord. That he promises will pour out a blessing that you can't even contain. But it's important because this is almost like a court case. And you're the jury. And so i got to make sure that I convince you. And there's probably some questions that you have right now that maybe be some stumbling blocks. So let's go over some of the myths that keep people from giving to kingdom builders. Number one, I already gave. You're like, oh, I just thought of that too. Listen, let me just tell you this. I, it'd be like Jamie, my bride say hey you know what you haven't said you love me all month i'm like dude i told you last month i did <laughs> i don't call her dude but that would be cool <laughs> she's not here but imagine just saying somebody you know hey listen it's uh, it's christmas and we got no gifts like we aren't even putting up a tree like we've done that four years in a row why would we do that i mean you can get some bizarre examples but If you and I use the myth of we already did this, that's exactly the myth that the enemy wants for you not to serve. This is a discipline that that has no days off. There's no weekends, there's no holidays, there's no obstacles. And people many times say, you know what? This is all the church wants. This is all the church wants. They want this, they want that. Some of us need to resign from being God's CEO. All right? (laughs) You, You and I are not here to determine what we should or should not. I'm just gonna be obedient. And guess what? It works every time. Every time. So if you struggle with the myth, I already gave. You may be talking about the tithe. That's, that's your biblical opportunity to worship. Sometimes when I, when I watch a dean up here and we're praying over the offering, like that's more than just an act of service. Like I go to the church, they need, no, no, no. That's an act of worship. Just like singing is and praying is. I mean, it's a big deal, but what's the limit on that? That's why the Bible says there's tithes, offerings, and alms-givings. You ever see those, uh, those Christmas uh, shows, you know, they're all in the British accents? Alms for the poor, alms for the poor, right? <laughs> terrible British accent, terrible, but that's what it means. It's like you're already taking care of the church business because when you need them, they'll be there for you. But it's what's beyond that that's not in the church. And that's what we're talking about. That's the businesses that have no idea that the freedom says are going to come in, bam, give them a blessing. There's a family today that has no idea that December 14th, bam, they're going to be blessed by this church. By people who don't limit themselves by saying, I already gave. If that's you, Lord, get that vocabulary out of my mind. Because I know it's the same as if You say to me, I already forgave you once. Number two, what if they waste it? I've seen what they do with that. Why would they buy that? No bueno, all right? That is not your responsibility or mine to determine what the kingdom builder leadership does. That that literally removes a burden from me. You ever get to the point where you literally don't want to make any decisions because everybody just pulls on you? This is a perfect opportunity just to give and let's sail. Let it happen. Because there's a supernatural blessing, but sometimes we get caught up and like, I wouldn't want to go there. I wouldn't want to. Just get out of the way. If you go to my office right now, everybody's invited. i got a really cool office in Flint. If you look on my screen, there's a piece of paper that's taped to it. I put it on there in 2015, and it says, Get out of the way, Chris. It does. It's a constant reminder. Like, I I, got to get out of the way sometimes when I see things and my my worldly business mind kicks in. And why would they do that? Hey, listen, this ain't mine. Imagine getting a $100 bill, but it's 10 $10 bills. And you see it right there. And before you grab it, the giver says this. I tell you what, you give me one $10 bill back and I'm going to give you the other nine. You'd be like, yeah, but it happens in reverse. We get all 10, then the giver says, I want 10 back. I want 10 dollars. And it's hard for us to make that transition because we almost claim ownership. Can I just break this up? It is not ours. It ain't ours. You've seen plenty of celebrations of life where they take nothing and they leave a legacy. So when we start to get into... What are they going to do with it? Are they going to waste it? Let me just set you free. Kingdom Builders is going to do a great work. Let it happen. Let it happen. Number three. Oh, this is a good one. You know what they do? Uh, They take it off the top, and you only get about 40% of your dollar. Now, I don't disagree with some of them, but I can tell you this. I have such a deep respect for Pastor Jim Wiegand. He's one, he's one of my fingers that I count on when my life needs direction. If you can count on one hand your whole life, people, you can call. That no matter what, they ain't judging, they're there for you, they, they will pour into you. If you can go through your life and just get two or three of them, that's a good, good legacy. Your husband is one of those. And when I asked him about kingdom builders, without hesitation, he said 100% of the tithes and offerings taken in the name of kingdom builders goes right to the community. Goes right to the community. Like, that's a great investment because we've already established what it is, but I know there may be some people here thinking, well, we know that the winter's coming up, it's probably going to pay the heat bill because I've been here on a Tuesday and the heat was up too high. Take that out of there. These are myths that keep us from building the kingdom. They won't know who gave it. I mean, what if I want to do a fat check? What if I want to be like, oh, if I see this? We already know what happened. Like That money is is cursed money with the heart of that kind of a giver. It really is. I mean, I, 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 I feel badly for people that want to do stuff for the sake of attention because it's a human nature, trust me. I'm not saying that we don't all struggle with it. Because we love to do this, but when when you give anonymously, can I just tell you that th- that's a that's a an amazing spiritual discipline. When you give and nobody knows it except for the Lord, I mean that's humongous. You can walk a little bit taller, you can stride a little bit uh, more confident because when you give that way. But let me tell you, on the reverse. And the Bible records this when the Pharisees gave and they clanged and they cheered and they used to give in these huge brass trumpets and they would throw things in and just cursed. What happened? The widow, she came in, boom, walked away. Let me just say, this is a gut check. I said from the beginning from me as well. We got to watch our heart when we give, that we don't try to get, now if it happens, it happens. Because there's some things you just cannot not be involved in, but it's, What is your mission? What is your intention? And if it's only to get recognition every time, then keep your money because I wouldn't want that to be burdened on you. But man, when you give and say, Lord, take it what it is. And maybe somebody circles back. Maybe somebody does see it. Or you get to see a video. Man, use it as a testimony. This is uh, the final one that keeps people from giving to kingdom builders. Okay, you know what? I really haven't made a decision yet, but I'll pray about it. I'm not trying to minimize pray, but I'm going to tell you near here, there's some folks in here to use prayer as an excuse not to act. You want to know somebody who really does mean when they say, I'm going to pray for it, if they stop right there, they pray right there. Or they write it down right there. I mean, there's a lot of people that get caught in some some really sticky situations. They're like, I don't know, I'll pray about it, you know, and then it just filters off. Let me just say, I want you to pray about where your next move is. But if you use an excuse not to move, then that's not the intent of prayer. Prayer is to allow you to give a wisdom and discernment to know what you're going to do. Not when you know something's right, should you do it. I will tell you this. There's a lot of things out there that can keep us from going. To give, to act. But this church doesn't have that reputation. This church is, a, is an active and alive church. I have reaped the benefits of watching you support children in Haiti. I've been on the trips. I see what you do for addicts, and I see what you do with media. And I got to admit, I stole some best practices from you. But in the end, when you do what God's called you to do, and literally, I can't, you know, if this was an auction, I'd make everybody raise their hand. But since it's church, I got to be a little bit disciplined, all right? My wife's like, don't treat it like an auction. I'm right close. I'm telling you, I'm touchy right now. I'm touchy. Because I don't want a single person to leave these doors not because of me, without taking some action for the people that are going to need it. I uh, never met this girl, and uh, she was addicted, and she was an alcoholic, and this video was sent up, and I recorded a video with another addict named Wyatt Thomas, who's been clean for now four years, and we did it right downtown Fenton, literally one quarter mile this way, and this is the video that was sent.
1: Hi guys, I am out here this morning walking off all of the KK yesterday when we celebrated my one year clean and sober and um, I just want to encourage you all, I strung up for the longest time with drugs and alcohol, mainly alcohol, to the point a year ago I was sitting on my porch talking to my trainer, now mentor and friend, on the phone and he pretty much told me there's three options, you're either going to go to rehab, you're going to stop or we're done here. And I realized in that moment that something had to change um, and that I couldn't do it. And I was scrolling through Facebook, I came across a video that Chris Swanson and Wyatt Thomas made. And Wyatt Thomas says in that video, he says, it's simple, you choose life or you choose death. And I messaged them both and I said, I'm gonna choose life and I'm gonna do this. And Lord willing, I did and we celebrated a year. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, if you're in a position like I was, to find a good group around you to keep you strong. And I had to take it a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time, and Lord willing, we're going to take it a year at a time. So be encouraged today and go make the most of your day. There's
0: people that need the Freedom Center today. There's addicts out there, and trust me, I only showed that as an example. The reason I love doing these messages and I am unashamed is because I see the benefits of what good church folks can do and generous people can do on the back end. And when you look at the Genesee County Jail and you know that 9 out of 10 of them come in addicted or co-addicted. And that there's 80 million people in America today that did at least one day, at least one day incarcerated. When you see people around the country and around the world that struggle to wake up just to get medication or food or water... When you think of natural disasters and fires, these are the people that are crying out for you. There are people right now that they, are, they don't even know your name or your face, but what you're going to do to bless them is going to turn their life around. There's a population that the Freedom Center can serve that nobody else can serve. I don't know who they are, and I don't know what that service looks like, but I do know this. I know what a kingdom builder looks like. And I know when you give to people and you see the benefits, you see that, you change lives forever. You change lives forever when you give and you support the kingdom the kingdom will give back and there'll be a time because the Lord says when you do for the least of these you do for me when I was hungry you gave me food when I was thirsty you gave me drink when I was alone you came and gave me company it's not always about money it's about service about packing bags and, and just deploying into the streets When I was in prison, you came to visit me. You know, I told you about Luke. And in the last part of that, that story of Luke and about the Good Samaritan, once he laid out the Good Samaritan parable and he said, what do you think you should do? And it made sense to him. There's a line in there, if you put that verse up, there's a line here that I'm going to end this service on. The expert-in-law replied, the one who had mercy on him, when asked the question, who is the one that showed mercy and is obedient? And it's the one who helped the injured, the wounded, the hurting. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. This is your call to action. In my business, when we have a, a staff meeting, when we have a, an op briefing, we walk out these doors and we all know what we're gonna do. There's, a, there's a, a call to action, and this is your call to action, is to build this kingdom under the leadership of this church to go do the things that people need for the kingdom, not us. If you'd stand with me, we're gonna pray and I'm gonna end with a video and it'll encourage you and you just kinda of walk out, high five people and make a commitment. And it set records for the kingdom today. Set records. Father, if there's one thing that we ask today, that is an obedient heart. One that's not distracted by the world. One that's not distracted by previous injuries or past history. But one that is inspired. That the Holy God breathed into us to do what we are called to do and that is to give to the kingdom above and beyond let let miracles happen at that event next year where we have seen what the church can do and we see the testimonies for everybody in here Lord there may be people in here that need something let those needs be met for the givers in this room and those watching pour into this ministry like never before if there's ever a time the church is, is needed to be seen as benevolent and loving it's now let's show the world Let's show the world in your hands, in your heart, what we're capable of doing. Lord, allow these folks to leave with peace and harmony and a challenge. To know that the windows of blessing are opening and they cannot contain when they have an obedient heart for you. We praise this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is your go away video. Think of all these little kids. Hit that last video. And have a great night, everybody.
1: For. Oh
0: my <laughs> I'm getting mobbed by many patients. Ah, oh, I gotta get up! I gotta get up! Hold on! Oh, I can't do it. Okay, give me a break. Hold right. on! No, 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 no! Hold oh on! <coughs> All right, church, have a great day. Make it a miracle for someone.